to Rivers of Living Water on TalkZone.com. Rivers of Living Water is here to turn our thirsty world into a Garden of Eden, freely pouring out the Word of God to our desolate world. Now, here's your host, Howard Eugene Wright. Good morning, everyone. It's nice to have you with us today, and we thank you for coming and being a part of our program. We trust that this will be a help to you, an inspiration, that it will help you to see some things that will make life easier for you and, and bring you closer to God. There's a lot of confusion today as to what a Christian really is and what really determines whether a person is a Christian or not. And we have so many people that are professing to be Christians, but there doesn't really seem to be a change in their life. And we ask ourselves, well, is a Christian any different than anyone else? In a sense, the answer is a Christian is no different than anyone else. We have the same problems. We have the same uh, frustrations from time to time. There are, you know, we have the same body and the same pains that are with the body. And uh, sometimes we don't understand things exactly the way they should, that we should, and and things like this. So in that sense, we are just like everyone else. But in another sense, a Christian is quite different than everyone else that is not a Christian. For one thing, we're following a person. We're not following the fads of the day. We're not following some person uh, that is not God. We don't, we have a, a way of thinking that is not like everyone else. And because of that, we act a little different than everyone else. So today what I want to talk about is just what is it about a Christian that makes them different, even though we find in many things they are the same. This can be confusing to people. They wonder, well, why does this person act like this? No one else seems to be. And the so let's talk today about what really makes the difference between a person who is a Christian and one isn't. Now, there's a lot of good moral people in the world. They would not do anything to harm you. They, they uh, love you. They stand by you and these kind of things. And uh, yes, that's what a Christian does as well. But just being a good moral person does not necessarily mean that you're a Christian. So uh, what is it that is different than just being a good moral person, of taking care of your family and and uh, being a good citizen and things like this? What is the difference? There is a very distinctive difference, even though Christians are good moral people, and they do take care of their families, and they are a model citizen in the community, and they like to do good things for other people. These are 
uh, things, you know, that uh, Christians or non-Christians would do. But there is a very distinctive difference that makes all the difference in the world. Christians are people who have been transformed. I've told you throughout the different talk shows that a Christian is one who has a personal, loving relationship with God. Now, it's possible to be a good moral person and all these kind of things and be far from God, maybe even be an atheist. Atheists are not necessarily mean, wicked people all the time as far as the outward appearance is concerned. There's a lot of, of really nice people who really don't believe in God at all. So uh, what I'm talking about today is one who has been transformed. They have had an encounter with God, and God has spoken to them and shown things in their lives that is not measuring up to his standards. So a Christian gauges their life on what God says, not rather than what anyone else says or even what they say. It's what thus says the Lord that really starts to bring us to the place where we see this difference that's in Christians. The Bible tells us that we're not to be conformed to this world, but that we're transformed by the renewing of our mind. And that from that renewing of the mind, our mind thinks differently. The Bible also tells us that we're new creatures in Christ Jesus. Old things have passed away, and all things have become new. So, we, we see through this that there has to be, to make a person a Christian, there has to be a transformation. There has to be a change. We have to realize that as good as we are, we're not good enough to meet God's standards because the Lord noticed that all have sinned and come short of the glory of God that there's none righteous, no, not one. And God is wanting us to have a relationship with him that isn't just once in a while, but that's all the time. It's not when we just get in trouble that we call on God and we get close to him and make some promises and things like that, and then when the problems are gone, we forget about it. And so we're with God one moment and back up next moment and and you just don't know what side of the fence they're going to be on from one time to the next. That's not a very good Christian as well. A Christian is one is steadfast in the Lord and has committed his life completely to God and to his way. And as a result of that, there is something about a Christian in their attitude and their spirit that another Christian can tell them right away. And you can see the difference regardless of how much they were like uh, real nice people in the beginning. 
there's something different. There's some things that they like that they didn't like before, and there's some things they hate they didn't hate before. So they do become new creatures in Christ Jesus. And notice that it's in Christ Jesus. It's through what Jesus has did for us in dying for us and going up to heaven and interceding for us that makes all the difference in the world as far as a Christian is concerned. So there are some things that Christians do that looks a little different to others, and there are some things that Christians will not do. There are things that Christians will stand against. There are things that they stand for. They know where they came from. They know where they're at, and they know where they're going, and they've made up their mind that God's way is the best way, and they're going to follow him, whether they understand everything, whether they have aches and pains or not, whether it gets frustrating sometimes. Regardless, they have made up their mind that God is number one in their life. So that's the first thing that we need to be looking at when we think about what really makes the difference between a person who's a Christian and one that isn't. He he, uh, centers his life around the Lord Jesus Christ. Think about it for a while with me. Is there any other religion where the leader of that religion came specifically to do good to others that that person would walk a perfect life, a life without sin? Is there any other religion in the world that would have the leader that would be a perfect man that had never sinned, I don't know of any. All the people beside the Lord Jesus Christ have come in this world a sinner. And if they have not accepted Jesus as their own personal Savior, they'll go out a sinner. And there's no other way that we know of that I know of or anyone else has been able to come up with that would make such a transformation in people's lives. There have been people who have been down and out, and the Lord has lifted them up and brought them into a a happy life when they were totally miserable. And they have been delivered from all kinds of bad habits, all kinds of bad thinking, and all of this, and so what religion is there where their leader has risen from the grave? There may be some professions that that has happened, but we can usually go, no doubt we can go, and go to that person's tomb, to their grave, and we can dig up their bones. But you won't go to... Jesus' tomb and dig up his bones because he rose from the grave. Three days after he was crucified, was brutally murdered on a cross, he rose three days after that from the tomb and showed himself alive 
to over 500 people at one time. So it wasn't just that people thought, oh, this is great, our leader has risen from the grave. No, they wasn't even expecting it. The disciples weren't expecting it and had a hard time believing it after it happened. But he did raise from the grave. Not only that, but whatever the leader is, is that sitting there beside of God, interceding for us. I don't think that we can find any other one. So Jesus is unique in that he is the Savior and the Redeemer, not only of, of a few people, but for whoever will call upon the name of the Lord can be saved. We've come to the first break, and so this is Howard Eugene Wright. I'm hosting you on Rivers of Living Water at TalkZone.com. Now, more Rivers of Living Water on TalkZone.com with your host, Howard Wright. Glad you came back to be with us. It's uh, wonderful to know that there is an experience that we can have in the midst of all of our problems and difficulties that will make a difference in our lives. And not only that, it will make a difference in other people's lives. Because as we are close to God, God will enable us to do things that we cannot do on our own. This is one thing about a Christian. They're ordinary people, but they have an extraordinary love about them that the world does not have. And when we're talking about the rivers of living water, this is really what we're talking about. We're talking about a love that comes from knowing God in a personal way and being transformed by God's Holy Spirit that comes into our lives and keeps us pure and clean in God's sight, not necessarily even in our own, but in God's sight we are perfectly clean and pure. We don't have hypocritical motives. We're not selfish and proud and haughty, but we're meek and lowly in spirit like Jesus is, and and we walk around doing good for other people and doing everything we can to relieve the pains and, and the problems of others as we not only show how it's done by the way we live, but we reach out to those that cannot help themselves and things like that, and we don't expect anything in return. We just do it because we have a love for other people. This is what a real Christian will really do. They'll have that love that will have a joy. They'll have a peace, a peace the world can't give and the world can't take away. And they'll have uh, everything that is talked about on the fruit of the Spirit. They'll have a gentleness about them. They'll be meek and it will be completely yielded to God, and they'll 
not be out uh, looking for a fight and things like this. They'll be peacemakers. They'll be working in the community and in their homes and and uh, everywhere that they can to bring uh, peace rather than when we see things falling to pieces, we don't uh, throw up our hands. We just draw closer to God and let God help us to see how to work out the various things that come our way and also in our communities, in our families, in our nation, and in our world, every way that we possibly can. Now, I told you that there were some things that a Christian does not do. For one thing, a Christian will not walk against a teaching of the Bible. If the Bible says you should not do a certain thing, then the Christians will not do that. The, and if the Bible says that something is a perversion, then the Christian stays away from it. The, the Bible is their guide. That's the place we look to find out just exactly what we ought to be doing with the Lord and in the Lord. So uh, let me just go through uh, uh, Psalm number 1, Psalm 1, and let's see some things that a Christian stays away from. And we don't have to be conformed to this world. You know, that's what the Bible tells us, not to be conformed to this world. But rather than that, we're transformed. We're lifted above the things that the world would be thinking about. So in the first thing it says that we should not stand, we should not walk in the counsel of the ungodly. So we've got a walk that we're doing. We're, we've got a life that we are living. And that's what we refer to as our walk, is the kind of life that we're living. And it says that we're not to walk in the counsel of the ungodly or in the advice of the ungodly or in the suggestions of the ungodly. People will tell us, well, that's okay. Uh, all the rest of us do it. What makes you think that you can't do that? You can do it. It won't hurt you. Just try it once. Now, that's the counsel of the ungodly that would get you away from what God wants you to do and wants you to walk along beside of them and talk like them and, and look like them and act like them and all this kind of thing. And the Bible says that we are, if we're a friend of that kind of worldly attitude, that we're an enemy of God. And so Christians are not walking after the counsel of the ungodly. They're saying we ought to obey God rather than man. And so when they take that attitude, we rub against the standards of the world sometimes. We always come out loving people and doing our very best to help people. But if you run into someone that's a tyrant and wants you to be a part of messing up everything, and you know we have enough of that today, and uh, want you to just not worry about the Bible. That was in our, a book that was a long time ago and things like that. And Jesus died a long time ago. What difference does it make to us today with all the problems we got? You've heard those things. 
And this is all the counsel of the ungodly. And this is not the kind of life that we should be living, is following that kind of advice. And in the next thing it says in this chapter, it says, stand not in the way of sinners, those who are rebelling against God. Don't stand in that way. Don't, you know, walking and then standing means that we're a little more stubborn about it. When a person is standing, the Bible talks about standing. It's talking about that you just stand there and say, this is the way I'm going to go. I don't care what the world or anyone else says. I'm going to do it my way. And they take a selfish attitude. And so a sinner is basically selfish. They're looking out for their own interest rather than interest of anyone else. And so here is a sinner. The one that is sinning is a sinner. One that is doing things against God, against the human race, against all of the of their society and everywhere else that they live. Now, there's some sinners that are a little nicer than others. But down inside of all of it, there's this warring against God that's in their hearts and lives. So we, we see that. He says that we should not stand in the way of sinners. And, then he, and so you see it's a way. It's a way that people live. It's, it's a daily thing that they do. And, and then it says, sit in the seat of the scornful. And the scornful are those that make fun of. So we start out walking, and then we're standing, and then we're sitting, and we are, these people are determined that uh, they're going to make light of the Bible, and and they're going to mock the Bible and, and mock Christians, and on and on it goes. So it's a progression. It starts out just maybe with something that seems to be harmless. And then it starts to growing, and it, it becomes a way of standing and, and stubbornly being there. And then leads to making fun of those that, uh, look a little different than them. And so we have that. It says that we should not be doing any of that. And Christians will not. Christians will not be walking in the counsels of the ungodly. They will not be standing in the way of sinners. And they will not be sitting in the seat of the scornful. If you see people doing that, then not me just saying it, it's what thus says the Lord. The Lord's the one that makes the standards. We don't. And this is what the Lord has said for us to do, is not to do those things. But then it says his delight is in the law of the Lord. So his delight is in what pleases God, what God says about it. Because he's been transformed, because he's been made a new creature in Christ. It's not something that he's forced into. We don't get up every morning and say, now these are the things we got to do and we got to keep from doing these others. We just do it by nature. The nature has been changed. That's what makes Christians so much different. That's the reason why that, that they're made new creatures in Christ. Old things have passed away. 
and all things have become new. Because God has came into their heart, and the Holy Spirit is tabernacling inside of us, and we are working and walking and doing differently because of that. So we're we're delighting in the law of the Lord. It's a delight for us to do God's will. You know, the thing that really encourages and blesses Christians more than anything else is to see someone else turn from God, turn not from God, but turn to God, and I might say from God in some sense, and that they turn from their gods, and then they turn to the true and living God, and there's only one of those, and that is the one that's in heaven. That's the one who has created all things, including us. And But we delight in him. We delight in his ways. We delight in his works. We delight in his word. We're thankful to him. We have a thankful heart. Not only are we thankful to him, but we're thankful what people do for us. So we have a spirit of thankfulness for everything that God does for us and everything that people do for us. We have this attitude of thanksgiving. And you know, we're coming close. Next month, it'll be uh, Thanksgiving month. And it seems like that we kind of pass over that and we end up for heading for Christmas. But Christmas is when Jesus was born. And too many times, Christmas, we don't want to have a Christmas tree. We want to call it something else. And, and we don't have want a Christmas break. And <laughs> so these are the ways that the world goes. But Christians do not do that. They delight in the law of the Lord. And in his law, they meditate day and night. They commit it to memory. And they stand upon God's promises, and they stay away from the places that God warns them to stay away from. And all of this is in the Bible by precept and by example. We find people in the Bible that did it the wrong way. We find people that did it the right way. And God is showing us that the way that we should be going, what we should be doing. And now we're upon a a break again, and... My name is Howard Eugene Wright, hosting Rivers of Living Water at TalkZone.com. Welcome back to Rivers of Living Water on TalkZone.com. Here's your host, Howard Eugene Wright. We've been talking about what makes the difference between a Christian and someone else. And we've been showing that the basic difference is they've been transformed when they gave their heart to the Lord and Jesus came in and changed them and made them new creatures in Christ Jesus. And this makes a difference in people's lives. And if you don't see a difference, if people are professing to be a Christian and they're doing everything that Bible and God tells them not to do, then they're being hypocritical about it. There is not a double standard. Whether you're rich or poor, 
whether you're young or old, whether you're educated or uneducated, whether you're red, yellow, black, or white, it doesn't make any difference with the Lord. The Lord only has one standard, and that standard is what we refer to as holiness. We are living a life separated from the world, the flesh, and the devil. We're walking as God wants us to walk, and we're talking the way God wants us to talk. We're thinking the way he wants us to think. Our heart is on the things that God wants us to have them on because he is our God. He is our Lord. We have made him the Lord of our life so that many things that we see all around us are not that are, they're not the same as what we're supposed to be doing. There is a distinctive difference. And then when a person does what I was talking about before the break, if they do not walk in the counsel of the ungodly, they do not stand in the way of sinners, and they do not sit in the seat of the scornful, but they delight in the in the Lord and in the ways of the Lord, in his word, then it tells us that he's, they're like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth his fruit in his season. So a Christian is a fruitful person. The Bible tells us, and Jesus was the one who's saying this, he said, I'm the vine, you're the branches, and says that you'll bring forth much fruit. Now, this fruit that we're talking about is the fruit of the Spirit that uh, I was telling you about, and it's really the basis of our Rivers of Living Water program is the fruit of the Spirit that comes out from a person's life that is totally given to the Lord and allows God to come in and shed his love abroad in their heart and resides in their lives. And so that makes a difference, doesn't it? They're like a tree planted by the rivers of living water. And whatever they do prospers. The ungodly are not like that. But they're driven away. They're driven by everything that comes around. If we don't have a standard to stand on, then we won't stand. When the adversities come, when problems come this way and the other and and we wonder what's happening we just might take a bad attitude toward God and toward God's people and want to persecute God's people and and uh, deny that there even is a God and many times people in their lives when it's gotten so rough and it just seems like one thing after another does not work right they say well where is God and and they go away from him. So a Christian is one that holds on to God regardless of whether they understand things or not. They just stay right in there, and they let the Spirit of the Lord work in them and work through them and and uh, help other people and things like that. And But the ungodly, the ones that we're not supposed to stand the counsel of, they're, they're, a, they're not the kind of people they can stand up to the cares and the deceitfulness of this world, but they get involved in it and 
hope that they find out it's a dead end road because it usually it really is and so we we see this about a real christian that they do not walk in a certain way they do not stand in a certain way they don't sit in a certain way the bible tells us that when the enemy comes in like a flood God will lift up a standard against him. And I found that to be so. I've had the enemy come in like a flood, and no doubt you have too, if you've been on this earth any length of time at all. And But when he comes in like a flood, God lifts up a standard against him. And it, the Bible also tells us that when the devil comes in and starts tempting us, that we're having to do everything to stand, and we put on the whole armor of God, and we make no provision for the flesh, but we put on the Lord Jesus Christ, and the Lord Jesus Christ is the armor. And so these are not contrary things, where it says put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh to fulfill the lust thereof, and to put on the whole armor of God, and then... The Bible tells us what that armor is, and it shields our head, it shields our heart, it shields our emotions, and then not only do we have the armor on, we have the shield and the sword. The shield is our faith. We trust in God above everything else, and so we hold up the shield to fight off all the temptations and all the things that are against God that come at us, that the devil throws at us and sinful people throw at us, and all these kind of things, we hold up the shield. And that is a defensive weapon. But the only offensive we have is the sword of the Spirit, which is God's Word. You notice that when Jesus was tempted, he didn't tried to argue with the devil, but he just quoted the Bible to him. And so when the enemy comes in like a flood, what we lift up is the word of God. When the devil said, take these stones and make bread out of them, Jesus said, man does not live by bread alone. He quoted that from the Bible. And the devil came in and he said, uh, well, just jump off of this temple here because the Bible says that when you hit the ground, God will be standing there waiting for you. And that isn't what the Bible said at all. So many times we have the Bible misquoted. But Jesus didn't argue and say, now, Satan, you misquoted that Bible verse. He said, you should not tempt the Lord your God, which is also another Bible verse. So you see, uh, if we don't know the Bible, then a Christian cannot use the sword, and we are in a battle, and we're not fighting against flesh and blood, but we're fighting against principalities and powers in high places. Christians know this. The world looks around today, people that don't know the Lord, you know, they look around and wonder, what is going on anyhow? They know something's not right but they're not sure what it is. But Christians have an inside track on things, 
and they know what's going on, and they know what the last chapter is, and so they're standing on God's word and doing a very good job of of that. So Christians do have things that they do, and there's things that they don't do. We we're not a pushover. We don't just follow the crowd, go whichever way the wind blows. We have uh, the Word of God to stand on, and so the Word of God becomes our operation manual for our lives. Well, let's go one step farther on this. A person can know the Bible frontward and backward and sideways. A person can understand everything that the Bible says. The person can even have it memorized. And uh, you ask them a certain thing, and they'll say, it's in such and such a verse. But it's not just knowing it. James tells us that he that knows to do good and does it not, to him that is sin. So that's one of the definitions of sin, is knowing to do something to be right and you don't do it. That becomes sin to you. And so just knowing the Bible, just and even following a few things in it. You know, some people say, Well, I'm, I don't know why I need to be saved. I'm better than some of those Christians over there that profess to be uh, loving God. And I haven't done too many bad things. And as far as I can see in the Bible, I'm staying pretty close to what it says. And yet uh, James also tells us if we offend in one, we're guilty of all of it. And so we might keep the first six, the last six commandments pretty well. But how about the first four? How about the first three? How about the first one? where God says you're not to have any other gods before you. And are, do we have some other god before us? We're, here we are on our break again, and it seems like we're just getting started. So this is Howard Eugene Wright, and I'm hosting Rivers of Living Water on TalkZone.com. This is Rivers of Living Water on TalkZone.com with your host, Howard Wright. I trust that what we're telling you is allowing you to make a judgment today as to whether you are a Christian or not. Because all of us are going to have to stand before the Lord and give an account as to what we've done with the light that he has given us or what he has shown us. We need to do what God tells us to do, whether it seems the most popular thing or not, or whether it even seems to be way out or not. One of the things that Christians have been accused of is being fanatical and jumping off of the deep end and things like this because of the fact that we do not act and do the way that others do. You know that, but there is something about it that it's good for us to be doing what God wants us to do rather than the other way. 
because it's not only good for us spiritually, it's also good for us physically. If we cast all of our cares upon the Lord, then we won't be fretting and worrying, and we won't be full of anxiety. We'll know that God is going to take care of it for us one way or another, and so when the burden gets too heavy, we can always cast it upon the Lord. If we're not serving the Lord, then that may be something that we wouldn't want to do. Uh, but we can have this relationship with the Lord that will make us Christian. That's what a real Christian is. It's one that's walking humbly before their God. It's one that has a loving, personal relationship with him, with the Lord Jesus, with God the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, that has that kind of relationship that you know what he says, you know what he wants, you don't listen to some other voice. The Bible tells us, and Jesus talking again, he said, my people hear my voice and follow me. He says, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. And so we see that this isn't what the majority of people are doing today. They're, they are not being this way. And so we see another Bible verse that says that the way is straight and narrow that leads to life. And the, the way is broad that leads to the destruction. And few there be that find the way of life. The only way we're going to find it is if God talks to us and begins to show us our need. So if you feel like that you have a, a need for what I'm talking to you about right now, no doubt God is talking to you about that, that he wants you to yield to him. He wants you to let Jesus be your Lord and Savior and all you have to do is say, Lord, be merciful to me, a sinner, and uh, be my Savior, be my Lord, and God will hear you, and that will take place in your life. As And if you don't believe me, just try it. I did this uh, over 50 years ago, and so I'm not just talking to you about some kind of a theology or something I, lost, I learned in a book. I'm telling you, after over 50 years of what I'm talking to you about today. And I want you to know that it gets better all the time. It's not something that's hard and difficult because God gives us the strength and the grace to do the things that we can't do ourselves. So like I told you at the beginning, it's a supernatural thing. It's We're natural people, but us being a Christian is a, something that happened because of a supernatural event in our life. It was something that we couldn't do ourselves, so God came and did it for us. And so that, you know, so we ask ourselves, well, just where is it in the Bible that I can find a way that I can check myself out to see if I'm really a Christian or not? And there are a number of places that you can, and one of those would be the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus' Sermon on Mount Olivet. And that's in Matthew chapters 5, 6, and 7. You can see uh, the way a holy life should live. 
You can also go to Romans chapter 12 and run through there and see some other things that a Christian would be doing. Like I said, it's not something we force ourselves into. It's just something we do by nature. Our nature has been changed. When we're willing to acknowledge that we need God and are willing to let God be God in our lives, then what we have is God steps in and makes us the new creatures that I was telling you about. He helps you through life's trials and problems and through the good times as well as the bad times, and he becomes your friend. It's a lot better to have God as your friend than to have him the other way. And God wants to be our friend. He's not willing that any should perish in a devil's hell, but that all should come to repentance, turn away from their way, and let him be God in their lives, for he is abundantly merciful. He does not delight in seeing people's lives messed up. He came to do good while he was here, and he's very much alive today and wants to do good for us today as well. So I want to encourage you that if you've seen something today that has been a, a help to you, I want you to think about this and pray about it and ask God to help you with this. And then, you know, we are having talk zone, and it is a, a talk show that we are having. Uh, none of you have called in yet. And so in closing, I want to encourage you to next week to think about calling in and uh, talking to us. And if you don't want to talk over the, the radio, you can talk and, and talk to our producer, and he can take down a question you might have, and then he can relate it to me. And uh, so uh, we're at the end of our program pretty close today. Well, really not. I've got a few more moments yet, I noticed. So I want you to know that, that God does love you, that he does want to have a personal relationship with you. He wants you to know him personally. He wants to be your friend. He wants to be a friend that sticks closer than a brother. God looks down and he sees all the things that's happening today. And he wants to take you by the hand and, and uh, bring you out of maybe uh, a life that you're living right now or whatever. And you know there's something inside of all of us that it can only be filled with God. And we can try to fill it with pleasures of the world. We can try to fill it with pomp and and uh, with uh, being proud for what we're doing and what we've accomplished and things like this. But if that's all we have in life is just these kind of things, there will be an emptiness inside. And regardless of how much we might try to feel that emptiness, it'll just get worse and worse all the time. And so it doesn't make any difference what your age is. Perhaps you've been uh, thinking about this for a long time and you thought, well, I'll just cut it off and, and I won't do it until I've gotten 
all these pleasures that I want to do, and I've got some things in life I want to do yet before I give my heart to the Lord and things like that. Well, we don't know what's going to happen from one day to the next. And if God is speaking to you today about what we've been talking about, and he is kind of like the Bible talks about knocking on your heart's door. He wants to come into your life. He wants to be a blessing to you. He wants to be a help to you. And he doesn't want that void in your life. He wants you to, he wants that to be filled with love, joy, and peace, and long-suffering, all the fruit of the Spirit. And he wants that for you right now. You don't have to go through a lot of of uh, gymnastics. You don't have to get on your knees and and uh, crawl for hundreds of miles or or for uh, you know for a long distance until your knees are worn out and things like I've seen some other religions do and and go in and jump into a river and come out the same way as when you came in. You don't have to go through all that. All you have to do is let go and let God have his way with you, and there will be a transformation in your life. God says that in the day that we seek him with our whole heart, he'll be found, and he's not too far away. And I want to encourage the church. If you're in a church today and you have found out that your life is not measuring up to God, then I want you to think about this and Pray about it and ask God to help you. And let's just love God with all of our heart, mind, soul, and strength and love our neighbor as ourselves and go out to make a difference in the world. God is so willing. He is so loving. He is so desirous that we would know him and all of his power and his love. We, you know... This is something that you can do. In your own strength, you can't do it. But in God's strength, you can. I trust that what we're saying to you will help you to see things more clearly and that you'll be able to, this week, to see a change in your life. Well, time for us to sign off again. My name is Howard Eugene Wright. I've been hosting Rivers of Living Water on TalkZone.com. Have a good and blessed day.